0: Welcome to the Doubles Only Tennis Podcast, where you learn the best doubles strategies to improve your game and win more matches. I'm your host, Will Bocek. This podcast, my website, and my weekly newsletter all focus on the goal of better understanding the sport of doubles and helping players like you improve faster through actionable advice that you can use in your very next match. My goal is to provide the best doubles strategy resources in the world. And to do that, I study, analyze, and work with players at every level of the game, all the way up to the ATP and WTA tours. If you enjoy this podcast, I've created double strategy products that go even deeper if you want to take your doubles knowledge to the next level. At the end of this episode, I'll explain more about them, or if you want to learn more now, go to thetennistribe.com products. Here's today's episode. Today, we're gonna talk about how to use power and pace to win in doubles. This is our fourth episode in this eight-part series on double strategy, Uh, and a couple of quick announcements before we get to this episode. So the NetPlay Strategy ebook that I've been working on for um, about three months now is finally live. So if you're listening to this between May 10th and May 14th, uh, it's available for 25% off. So that sale is going to end Sunday night. Um, so you can check that out at vtennistribe.com slash products. Uh, I'm really excited about this one because it um, it's something that net play is something that players, when I first started playing a lot more um, kind of USTA adult leagues and tournaments, they uh, My opponents always would tell me they hated playing against me because of my activity at the net. And I feel like it's something a lot of players uh, have a lot of potential to improve on because they can just make a few small tweaks, uh, adjust their practice a little bit. And I've got my favorite drills in the ebook. And they can kind of become a little bit more of a force at the net and really be the type of opponent that players just do not like to play against. Um, So I've got a lot of information in the ebook. It's turned out to be 66 pages. Um, I talk about how to transform yourself from a passive to a more active net player. Um, I teach you exactly when to poach versus when to stay, uh, what to look for, how to study the opponent, uh, the biggest mistakes that I see club-level players making and how to fix them, um, some drills to improve your volleys, uh, a few rules um, to follow at the net, uh, and then kind of reframe everything um, as far as getting beaten down the line and and your overall kind of confidence and aggressiveness at the net. So, um, again, check that out, out at vtennistribe.com/slash products to um, read more about it and learn more and purchase if you're interested. Uh, So like I said, today is episode four in this eight-part series. Uh, If you missed the first three episodes, we'll link to them in the show notes. They were on how to use time, movement, uh, and last week was position, which was a very popular one. Um, And then the next four will be spin, height, depth, and direction. So like I said, today we're going to talk about how to use power and pace. And this is probably of the eight. um, It might be my least favorite one, to be honest with you. Uh, I think power is highly overrated, uh, especially in men's doubles. A lot of guys like to just hit the ball um, really, really hard because uh, I I don't know whatever reason, um, what what reason they do that for. Um, I guess it's an ego thing or maybe it They think it makes them look cool, but um, power I do think is kind of overrated. Most points in tennis end in an error, Um, so going for more power and going for uh, winners when it's not there is really just a bad strategy. But I'm going to talk about when you should be using power uh, as well as when you should be using off pace. So pace has two different sides to it, right? We can hit it harder or we can hit it softer, and there's a lot of uh, times when we want to hit a slower pace ball. Um, So I'll talk about that as well. But I'm going to start out with um, why I think power is overrated. So when we're talking about power and pace and hitting with more uh, MPH um, versus some of these other variables that we're talking about in this series, uh, I'd rather you hit with more depth than more pace. I'd rather you take the ball early and move your position forward to take away time from the opponent, then try to hit it harder to take away their time. Um, it's it's going to be a little bit more uh, consistent for most players. Um, and one of the main reasons for that is hitting harder uh, doesn't always work because most of us, um, if you're listening to this and you're anything like me, you might only play two, three times a week at the most. And we don't play enough to be able to hit the ball really hard and make it consistently. So um, hitting with power, I think in general, is a little bit overrated. And another reason that I find it's overrated, um, and this is kind of a, a singles thing, but a lot of people will try to hit approach shots, for example, really hard. So they'll hit a really hard approach shot and then they'll come forward into the net. And because they're hitting it so hard, maybe let's say it lands around the service line area, it hits the ground around the service line, and then the opponent, it bounces up to the opponent at the baseline, and the opponent has a passing shot. So a better approach shot is going to be a ball that is hit a little bit slower because it allows you more time to get to the net and with more depth because that's going to rush the opponent more than hitting the ball harder uh, if the ball is going to land shorter. I don't know if I explained that super well, but hopefully that makes sense. So I would rather you hit with more accuracy and more depth than hit with more pace um, because where the ball lands um, is, is the most important uh, thing here. So um, like I said, especially guys, guys often go for too much. Um, I've, I've mentioned a few times I've been coaching a high school team and we have this girl on the team who is a really good net player and she never hits the ball very hard at all. She stands super close to the net And an opponent can hit a pretty good return and she'll poach and she just dinks the ball back over for a short angle and she never hits the ball hard. And then we have a lot of guys on the team who will play doubles and they swing really hard at their volleys and sometimes they'll miss really easy ones and it's far less effective. Uh, And sometimes they'll try to hit, um, and I'm guilty of this as well. This is something I've worked on over the last few years. Sometimes they'll try to hit that volley really hard, but they'll hit it back at the opponent when the better play was to hit a short, soft angle uh, that they can't get to. So um, think about that when you're on the court. If if you're trying to hit your volley really hard um, or hit your approach shot really hard, but you're sacrificing accuracy and you're not able to keep it away from the opponent, then it might be time to kind of dial back that power uh, and that pace. Um, Something else to think about here is uh, a lot of players... um, it looks good when you can hit the ball hard. So if, if I'm practicing and uh, somebody walks by and they see us hitting, if they see us hitting the ball really hard, we probably look like, you know, professional tennis players or whatever. Um, So it, it, it kind of looks good, but um, there's a reason that people hate playing pushers is because they win a lot and they don't miss. So, um, and pushers don't hit the ball very hard a lot of the time. So Um, Again, I'm trying to convince you that that power is a little bit overrated, um, and I think pushers are a great example of that. So when should we actually use power? So there's several times that I I do think it's good to use power, um, but again, I don't want you hitting the ball harder while sacrificing uh, too much consistency. I I don't want you to hit it harder in the name of hitting it harder uh, when you're only going to make one out of three shots. So on serves, um, one good tactic that can work well against a lot of players is a first serve to the forehand um, with a lot of pace. So um, I use this a lot in the deuce court. So if I've hit um, several slice serves out wide that are a little bit off pace, uh, the opponent in the deuce court is going to be looking for that forehand. This is assuming they're right-handed, of course. Um, they're going to be looking for that forehand slice serve. So what I'll do instead is I'll hit a little bit flatter one uh, at their forehand, kind of deep into the corner of the service box in the deuce court. Uh, And it will kind of jam them up and it'll rush their forehand a little bit because they've been used to that slow slider. And as you can tell how I'm describing this, this is a secondary pattern, right? This is not, um, I'm using power as a secondary tactic. It's not a primary tactic. So, that's going to be the case in a lot of these scenarios. Um, we're not using power as a primary tactic because, like I said earlier, um, at least for me personally, I'm not able to hit with tons of power and hit the ball inconsistently. Uh, it's more important for me to hit the ball uh, with more accuracy. Uh, another time that I like to do it is on um, on serves in general. This could be deuce or ad court. Um, I'll hit, and I've talked about this before, I'll hit a flat serve right in the middle of the box so i'm i'm adding power which is going to reduce my consistency or my ability to to kind of make this serve at a high percentage Uh, but because i'm aiming right in the middle of the box that's going to increase that percentage back up a little bit and again this is a secondary tactic so i'll use it um if i'm in a tight game let's say it's like four all and i need this game uh, and i'm up 40 30 it's a big point it's a game point Um, i'll hit a first serve flat right in the middle of the box, um, which is something I probably have only used once, maybe twice during the whole match. So they haven't seen a serve with that amount of pace yet. Uh, And a lot of times I'll be able to generate a a return error. So um, that's another time I do like to use power. Um, On returns, if the opponent has a weak second serve uh, and you wanna take that uh, second serve at the net player, again, I do think it's more important that you step forward and take the ball early than it is you hit the ball hard. But um, in this scenario, you will hit kind of a a more powerful shot with more pace at the net player um, to take away their time and and force them to uh, make an error on that volley. You can also just take that return cross court. If it's a weak second serve, you can rush the server uh, in return volley, especially in the deuce court. If you can rush their forehand ground stroke on that serve plus one, Uh, hit it with a lot of pace. Um, Again, I still think depth is more important, but if you can hit it consistently with good pace uh, and come in behind it, um, the return and volley is a good play there. Uh, on short balls, this is similar to a weak second serve. If you have a short forehand um, or backhand, if you prefer your backhand to your forehand, um, you can hit with a little more pace if you're going at that net player uh, or trying to rush, uh, rush the opponent. Uh, and then in some scenarios on these kind of high volleys from very close to the net, I think it's okay to try to um, hit them a little harder. Uh, especially if it's kind of out of your reach, almost. So this happens to me a lot when my partner's in a deuce court rally, or they're serving to the deuce court, and I'm standing in the ad court. And if I pinch towards the middle, uh, and I see kind of a slower ball coming cross court that I'm I'm gonna I know I can get to, but I'm I'm kind of stretching a little bit. Um, I'm playing myself out of position. So. I'm not gonna be able to recover for the next ball if it comes back. So because I'm fully stretched, I'm gonna go ahead and hit this one as hard as I can uh, at that opposing net player to make sure that it doesn't come back. And also because I'm fully stretched, I don't have full control of of the ball, so I'm not able to hit with tons of accuracy. I'm not able to hit kind of a a soft cross court angle behind the returner um, or try to guide it down the line. Uh, past the returner's partner. Instead, I'm just going to go for power here um, somewhere around the returner's partner's feet uh, and, and really try to hit it really hard so that that ball doesn't come back because if it does come back behind me, um, my partner who was serving is behind me. They're out of position. We may not be able to get to it. So, um, But for th- this scenario, you do need to be very, very close to the net because you um, are really trying to hit this ball pretty hard. Uh, and then overheads is another obvious one. If you're from close to the net and you want to hit it with power to get it over the fence or something like that, then um, that's another scenario. But even then, a lot of times hitting that angle um, off the side of the court can be a smarter play, um, especially if you're a little bit back further from the net uh, and you don't want to miss that ball um, in the net or miss it long. So those are the times to use power. Um, I think more importantly than that are the times to use Uh, less pace or an off-pace ball. So I'm going to talk about that here next. So this is a topic a lot of people probably don't think about much. Um, When should we be using less pace? When should we be hitting a slower ball? So the first time or the the main time we want to use kind of off-pace is to buy ourselves some time. So when we're on defense, when we're out of position, a slice shot, back cross court, a lob, Um, Something off pace to buy ourselves some time to recover uh, is a great time to use less pace, so less power. Um, I've talked about in previous episodes when um, players are kind of on the run outside the doubles alley off balance and they try to go for these ridiculous down the line winners. Um, It's just a bad shot. Um, It's not a smart shot. It's a bad idea. Instead, hit a slow cross court ball, um, which again could be a lob or a slice Um, Another time to use off pace is if you want to get to the net. So if I'm in a cross court rally that I know I'm probably not going to win, I'll hit a slower shot to buy myself time to get to the net. Um, So that could be a high, um, just loopy topspin shot. It could be a lob cross court, a lob down the line. Um, It could be a slice. Uh, Maybe if I'm on my backhand side and the opponent found my backhand, um, I can hit a slice shot cross court in the ad court. Um, and then come in behind that. Um, another thing to think about is uh, against players who hit hard. So this is something I haven't talked about a lot in the past, but when players, when you're playing against a team or a particular player who does like power, um, you they kind of want you to uh, try to overpower them because they're going to win that game, right? Um, if, you know, um, when you're playing against... Uh, Djokovic, uh, a lot of times, you know, the TV announcers will talk about you don't want to get in long rallies with him because that's his game. So um, when you're playing against a guy who hits with a lot of power or a girl who hits with a lot of power, you don't want to try to overpower them. So instead, um, one thing you can do against this type of player is actually force them to rally down the line instead of cross court. Um, This is a tactic I've used, especially against players who crowd the service box and hit their returns really flat and really hard cross court. Uh, What that's going to do, forcing down the line, is it means they're going to have to focus on more net clearance because the net's a little bit higher, uh, and they're going to have to get the ball to dip lower because they have less court to work with. So if you measure the court, cross court versus down the line, obviously cross court um, is going to be a longer distance. So they can hit the ball really hard and the ball will still have plenty of room to drop in. If they hit that same ball down the line, uh, the court's going to be shorter. So the ball is going to land a little bit longer. So they're going to have to hit with a little bit less pace. So forcing them to hit down the line um, can be a great tactic uh, that I've used not only rallying, but also on, on serves as well, using I in Australian formation Um, rally where, uh, you can't overpower. Um, so some pushers like to uh, like to hit against pace. So I've played against some players in the past who uh, love to absorb pace. They like to sit at or sometimes even well behind the baseline and they want you to just be ripping forehands as hard as you can and they'll just sit there and absorb that pace until you miss. Um, one player... Uh, on the tour that comes to mind is Shea Sue. Um, she uh, has just returned uh, and played in Madrid last week, and um, she does not hit the ball hard at all, but she can redirect and absorb pace better than anyone uh, on the WTA doubles tour. Um, so trying to overpower her is, is just a bad strategy. That's kind of what she wants you to do. So if you're playing a, a pusher, um, this could apply to singles or doubles, really know that they can't beat you and don't beat yourself by trying to hit too hard. So hit less pace and sometimes they have trouble generating their own pace uh, and they'll give you a short ball um, that you can come in and attack and and control the point with. Um, But anytime you're trying to rally where you just can't overpower someone um, or the opponent likes power, um, you want to use off pace instead. Use a little bit less pace, which could, again, mean a slice, mean a high topspin lob, um, loopy balls, uh, bringing them forward into the net, uh, different things like that. Um, a couple of other examples where slow pace uh, I find works against a lot of players. Um, one is hitting a slow serve to the backhand. Uh, this definitely works against me. Um a lot of players that I play with regularly know that and they try to hit a slow slice kind of low to my backhand return. uh, And I struggle with that shot Um, for whatever reason, I have trouble generating uh, pace with my backhand. Um, So if you hit me a slow ball to my backhand, I'm going to have trouble with it. If you hit pace to my backhand um, I'm going to have no issue redirecting that ball, absorbing the pace and getting it back. So um, a lot of times players will, Uh, like pace when you hit it to their backhand, but if you give them something off pace, a slice or um, kind of a low shot, uh, they'll have trouble with that. So um, you can hit a slow ball to the backhand. A lot of players have trouble with their forehand when they do get pace. so you can rush the forehand like we talked about earlier. Um, Another time that you might want to hit the ball a little bit slower is if both opponents get to the net, Um, especially if they're close to the net. Um, if you're taking the ball from inside the baseline, you might be able to hit with power and um, almost kind of go for a peg shot or, or force them to shank the ball. Um, but a lot of times because they're so close to the net, they're just going to be able to get a racket on it and it's going to go over and, and for a winner. So instead, uh, you might hit a slow ball that dips down low to their feet if they're both at the net, or um, obviously you can lob them if they're super close to the net. Uh, But in both scenarios, it can be better to hit a slower ball, um, especially one that kind of dips down low. As soon as it crosses the net, it kind of drops to their feet. Um, So those are some times to use kind of some off pace or a little bit slower one. The main one there, I I really think, is against pushers and players who are just very consistent. Um, Knowing that they're not going to beat you with their own pace means you really need to focus on... Not beating yourself. So don't try to hit the ball too hard. Um, These players like to play against people who try to overpower them. They're used to it uh, and they um, are probably going to beat you if you try to do it as well. So um, focusing on that uh, can help a lot. So uh, that's it for this episode. Hopefully this helped. Um, Reach out if you have any questions. We're going to talk about spin on the next one, which is a really fun one. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, spins, different spins on serves such so slice and kick serves, um, how to use, uh, slices and top spin during the rally, uh, from the deuce and ad courts, um, and everything like that. So, uh, again, check out the net play strategy ebook. If you, um, are interested in that, uh, if you want to become a little bit better at the net, uh, there is a seven day money back guarantee, but, um, nobody's ever used that on any of the eBooks. So hopefully you'll like it as well. Um, but, Anyways, thanks everyone for listening and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Doubles Only Podcast. If you're interested in diving deeper into any topics I discuss, I've created Double strategy products that allow me to bring you more podcasts and other doubles content without relying on paid ads. I have ebooks and courses that help you make better strategic decisions during matches and become the smartest player on the court. Go to thetennistribe.com slash products to learn more. You can also join my free weekly double strategy newsletter that includes video lessons and more on our homepage. If you want to connect, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or email me directly, will at thetennistribe.com.